right, man. Yep. You recording? Okay. Yep. Uh, right, well, can you hear me? Before we, yep. Yeah. Mic check. Mic check. So, Jamie, yep. when when does this? Uh... Yeah, let's let's push pause and record it real quick. Okay. Uh, when does this episode come out? It's gonna come out Monday. Typically, Monday. That's, yeah, Monday would be good. Okay. And is it today's Friday? The first. Today's Friday. Um. So you know we were, we were talking earlier about that that big announcement that's gonna come out on Sunday mm-hmm. about Florida house calls. Um, I think that email will go out Sunday night mm-hmm. about us opening uh, Florida house calls and then me moving to Tampa, um, cool. d- you know, like the first week of May. So, yeah. I, I, you know, we, if it comes out, if this comes out Monday, then people will know Sunday anyway. Yeah. So, and I so can schedule this. So I'll actually schedule the time and I just got to double check it because I have, I have scheduled it and it went out the wrong time, but yeah, I'll schedule this and that way it won't come out till like 6am on Monday morning. Okay. Yeah. That'll be so, plenty of time. Cool. That'd be plenty of time. And then right. we'll, uh, we'll talk a little about Florida house calls. Cool. Awesome. Yep. Very cool. You want me to get started here? Yeah. Let's record again. All right, here we go. Welcome to Experiencing Healthcare with Matt Staub. My name is Jamie Preston. I'm your host, and we're here with CEO Matt Staub. How are you doing? Good, Jamie. How are you? You know what? I can't complain. Nobody will listen. That's what my father-in-law always said. So Yeah. Okay. Well, um, well, happy April Fool's to you, Jamie, for those of you that are still with us thinking that we're going to have Florida house calls (laughs) and that I'm moving. Listen. Um, I am, in fact, not moving, but I, I I would dare to say Florida House Calls is, is in our future at some point, just not in the next month. Yeah. <laughs> I like our <laughs> acting job there. I kind of feel good about that. I felt like we really sold it. That felt natural to me. So, it did. It did. Yeah. Maybe we'll be at the Oscars, so we probably don't need to talk about that. So. <laughs> yeah, two things we don't talk about, Jamie, is, is Bruno and Jada Pekin Smith. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, Matt, how's your week been? We're recording on a Friday. You know, how's it been? Uh, it's been a good week. This is uh, kind of the wrap up week for the for our March billing cycle. We'll actually mm-hmm. end that today. April the first. Um, so, I, you know, it's it's been a been a good month for us, um, you know, not necessarily quite where we wanted to be as far as our as far as our projections, but I do feel like we uh, we hold ourselves to a really high standard and set our bar high. So um, there are definitely some some improvements, some changes that we've made this month, and and I can see our teams working toward those goals. So um, so overall, been a good week. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, well, I I'm definitely liking the weather this week. It's been it's been yeah. nice. And, beautiful uh, weather yeah it's been it's been got awesome. some good rain earlier to wash away even some more pollen exactly so, yeah um, get those green get that green off of those cars so that's right well cool matt well yeah. let's jump in here and okay. let's um let's talk about you know you know who's first here in this organization and and who yep. comes first sure you know, jamie you know our, our last podcast i don't know if you've gotten um feedback on it or not i've got some good feedback about our our last podcast that talks about positioning our our patients as the hero of their story and and we're we as sc house calls are intended to be the guide and Mm. i've I've just had some really positive feedback from that of people going you know and i never really never really looked at it that way and and that's natural like most people don't um i didn't you know until 
to kind of start going through what that storyline looks like of a patient. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, Scott, again, challenged us at our, at our last partners meeting, how do we become even more patient-centric yes. uh, as an organization? Um, so I, you know, had the experience of, of hearing a story about one of our patients this week that's, uh, that's been seeing our practice for a while that, um, you know, I just kind of wanted to share and, and, um, and, and make a couple of points as, as, we, as we shift that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is crucial, you know, that we put the patient first. And and it sounds kind of like, well, duh, but a lot of practices and and a lot of healthcare don't put the patient first. You know, can can you speak to that and and that kind of that culture with our healthcare system? Yes, I'd be happy to, because I I think about this a lot. Um, And I don't think that there is a employee in SC House Calls, Georgia House Calls, Main Street Physicians, SC Home Rx that doesn't want to put the patient first. Yes. And and frankly for that matter, I don't think that there's anybody that works in any healthcare field that that doesn't want to have some sort of service toward a patient mm-hmm. and, and and put them first. The the thing that occurs to me as we've been really pushing this over the past, you know, first quarter now uh, is is how do we do that? Yeah, you know it, it's it's really it's really more about a how because I feel like the why of of why we put the patient first, somewhat self explanatory, um, maybe even a little bit of the what, but it's the it's the how that I think people get hung up on, and mm. you know um, that was you know my my word for this year was purpose. Um, so so I've tried to be purposeful in in things that that i need to do intentionally as a as a christian as a husband as a father as a ceo um so as scott said from from the podium from the pulpit last month he wanted us to be more patient-centric that's kind of what stood out for me is how do we be more patient-centric and and how can we help unpack that and explain that to give people some some good examples of of what patient-centered care looks like sure absolutely well, I'm excited to hear about this story that, that happened this week. Yeah, so I, I was I was talking with some team members, and they were telling me a story about a patient who um, we've been seeing for a while. Um, older gentleman, you know, a little bit of dementia. Um, we've, we've been seeing him at his home. He and his wife live together. And um, I said he, uh, he went to the dentist office. I think they said it was Wednesday. Went to the dentist office and had some sort of cardiac episode. Mm. Um, still not real sure what it was, but you know the dentist ended up uh, ended up having to, to do CPR on this on this patient, and um, you know they weren't real sure what was going on. So they called EMS. They got him over to the ER and um, kept him there all day. Ran some tests. Couldn't really find anything. Um, so the the patient went home told to follow up with this with his uh primary care physician which was which was one of our nurse practitioners um and and so they went home so that was on a wednesday on a thursday that nurse practitioner was at their house sure um and and did an evaluation on them you know and and uh just wasn't still knew that he had you know a history of of i think she even said maybe a low pulse um but you know there wasn't any real reason why the the incident that happened on Wednesday really happened. Um, so she tagged in one of our um, 
one of our, our cardiac NPs sure. to see him on Friday. So uh, a cardiac NP saw him on Friday via a, a telemedicine visit. Um, she had consulted with a, with a cardiologist friend of hers. Um, so between the two of them and, and some input from um, from the the cardiologist, they they decided that they wanted they suggested the patient go back to the hospital and uh, and have some additional tests run. Um, so you know as as um, odd as it seems, the patient did end up going back to the hospital, but but actually had a fall um, that Friday morning mm. that required sutures. So um, the way I understand it, they went to the hospital, had the sutures. ER said, you know, um, we probably should have should have never sent you home on Wednesday. We, we want to go ahead and admit you uh, to do some further tests, do a echocardiogram, do a, you know telemetry monitoring and, and some other tests because not sure you know if it's something going on with your heart or something with a medication interaction. So, patient went in on on Friday, was discharged on uh, Sunday, I believe they said, um, and you know had some had some follow up instructions to do, um, you know, and and all of that um, to get to get the patient back home, get them settled, and and then still still figure out the the journey. Um, so you know, I, I that that's kind of the middle. I would say of this patient story, there's sure. certainly some things on the on the front end, and certainly some things that, that were the follow up end. But you know, it was a real inti- intense time, I think, for for this patient um, and and his family. Mm. So there are a couple of things that happened that um, you know, as, as I was just asking some questions about it, I, I wanted to point out um, and really really make a point to um, to to how we can be patient centric, how we are patient centric and just make some of these points of, of, uh, SE house calls of, of why we're just such a unique model that, um, that I wanted to share. So the first one, I, I did actually talk to the nurse practitioner that goes to this patient's house. And, um, you know, I, I was just kind of picking apart the other providers, not picking apart, but just asking questions. And, uh, and she told me that she used to work in, a, in an emergency room. She used to work in an ICU setting. And she said she thrives in a team environment. Mm. And she said that's one of the things that she loves the most about SC House Calls is there's the, the cardiac nurse practitioner. There's the pharmacist to call. There's the wound care specialist. There's the Jerry psych person that, that she felt like were all part of a team with her as a team member to really surround and support this patient. And I thought, gosh, that's, that's such a good example of our model and our story that, that I, you know, just wanted to take a minute to highlight that. Yeah. I, I just, it's crucial. I, I mean, when I think of, you know, somebody who wants to get something done, you want to accomplish something, you can only do so much by yourself. Things move much slower when you're by yourself. There's just things that you don't know how to do. But man, when you have a team of people, especially the size of South Carolina House Calls and Main Street Physicians and SC Home Rx, when you've got a team like that, man, there's really nothing that you can't do with that many people. Absolutely, uh, we have we have built a fantastic team of professionals that that we'll continue to build on. But um, yeah, 
just really proud of that model. You know, the, the second thing about this story that, that I really learned was um, there's there's this um, this patient-provider relationship um, that I don't want to use the word sacred, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's very unique and very special. And so what, what I really saw was, you know, the the patient ends up in the ER on a Wednesday, right? Yeah. And the, the doctor there says, want you to follow up with your primary care physician. So the the patient then follows up with their primary care physician because the doctor told them to. Yeah. Right? So then primary care physician and consulting uh, cardiac NP say to the patient, we want you to go back to the hospital to have, have some tests run. And the, and the patient goes back to the hospital to have tests run. And then when discharging, the discharging hospitalist says, I want you to follow up with your PCC and your, um, not your PCC, your PCP, your primary care physician, your, uh, your cardiologist and your neurologist. And the, the, the patient each of those times said, this is what this healthcare professional is telling me I have to do. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, not all patients are probably as as compliant as that, but I think a lot of them are, especially when they've they've got this trust with their pro- provider that that you know if the provider tells them to do something or or suggests to do something, whether it's an additional test or RPM equipment or um, follow up with a specialist, they're going to do it. So sure. so I just feel like that is such a unique relationship in healthcare. Um, that you know, sometimes we don't ask those questions as patients um, because we feel like that the 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 provider has our best interest in mind. Sure. And we, we're gonna we just we want to do what they say because of that. Mm. Yeah, and it's not that you don't ever question anything, but Certainly. that that relationship is huge. I, I know for my provider, you know, I, I know. Um, she asked me to start taking vitamin D just, just over the counter vitamin D. I didn't question it. I just, I went to Costco and I picked up a giant bottle of vitamin D and I've been taking it ever since, you know, because I trust her. I, I, she's got training. She's got, you know, she's, she's got the know-how that I know. And she, and I know, I feel she has her best in my best interest in mind. So I, I don't, I trust her. And I, I think that's crucial with that patient provider relationship. Absolutely. And, and with, with my personal provider, mine, mine recommended vitamin D as well. And my response was, I don't want to take another medication. Mm-hmm. Like that's not in my goals. Yeah. And my provider said, okay, I hear you, but hear me here's why i want you to do that and he listed some of the deficiencies of of, of vitamin d deficiency or some of the symptoms of vitamin d deficiency which i i had all of mm. and he said that i know you don't want to take another medication but here's why i'm, I'm asking you to take it so yeah i take vitamin d now yeah absolutely and i think it's yeah it's it's a special relationship though when you can absolutely. trust and believe and know that hey they're they're helping you and you're going to be healthier because of it absolutely so, so let me so, ask, so, go ahead sorry so the the last point I, I really just want to make about to to kind of bring home this story is you know since um since this year we've we've looked at at how can we be more efficient how can we 
um, advanced technology? How can we leverage innovation? Um, it, which has really, in this first quarter, Jamie, has, has really caused us to shift culturally. Mm-hmm. I feel like as an organization, um, you know, for the past however many years, we've been focused on, hey, I've got four providers that have a daytime slot and there are X number of slots in their day that I can put patients in. And, and, and that's how we schedule. We schedule based off the provider's availability. Mm-hmm. And really in the past several weeks, we've, we've flipped that culture to I've got 250 patients that I'm looking over as a case manager, as a nurse practitioner, as an MA, and and I want to make sure that those patients in my flock get the care that they need, you know, with the right provider at the right time, sure. with the right service, and and, and that's that's been a, a real culture shift because it's been difficult. You know, it's it's not the norm. It's not what other healthcare companies do. Um, you know, the a classic example I heard. Uh, a, a week or more ago was we had a, a patient um, it was a patient of our pharmacy SC home RX that they felt like would benefit from our from our pill box which mm-hmm. is a multi-dose pill planner uh, which I highly recommend for anybody um, who who if they're fill if they're filling a pill planner <laughs> this is this is the, the packaging for you but I'll digress from that we can talk about that another time but um, so the the pharmacy uh, the pharmacist called the patient, and the patient didn't really know who the pharmacist was, you know. So there was they had to make that um, that introduction there just so that you know take two or three minutes to figure out why you're calling me, and and the point Scott made was, you know, it might be harder on us internally for that pharmacist to call the case manager of of that patient but that case manager's got a relationship with that patient mm. so have the pharmacist call the case manager and say next time you talk to them talk to them about these these pill boxes which doesn't make any sense you know the the shortest point between two directions is a straight line mm-hmm. right so so why would why would the pharmacist then go to the case manager to then go to the patient it's because of that trust factor yeah um so so it's it's really about delivering the right care um, and who can do that the best and not to say that the pharmacist couldn't do that but if you're looking through the eyes of a patient they've got that relationship with a case manager or with a nurse practitioner um, so so using those so I really seen a, a, a culture shift mm-hmm. uh, with S, with with our organization that I'm, I'm really proud of and I can't wait to see how it develops because all of this to me indicates just we're better together mm, as, yes. as a group um, you know, we each have our strengths. We each have our gifts that we bring. Um, but once we combine all of those things to surround a patient and have that patient be the center of the attention, um, you know, we, we're, we're, we're doing great things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I love the word culture. A lot of times people hear the word culture and they think it's this ethereal thing and it's hard to put a finger on. I heard it described one time from a leadership guru and he said all culture is is behavior this is how we behave in this culture and this in this the this is the way we do things and and when you have that culture shift this is the way you behave this is this is how we do things this is the new way and and having that and, and understanding that yeah we put the patient first you know we're, we're not scheduling the the you know the provider we're scheduling the patient and I, I just love and i love the term better together too i just think i just can't 
tell you, I, I know Matt, you've been a part of teams before in the past, you know, athletically, um, yeah, there's nothing like being a part of a good team. Right. Yeah. You know, Jamie, I think for the, the pandemic over the past two years, um, you know, we've adapted mm-hmm. as, as society. We, we've had to adapt, um, which, you know, I, I'm, I'm a proponent of change. I like change. I'm, I'm against um, daylight savings time being permanent. You know, I, I like I like changing the clocks. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm a, I'm a proponent of change, but you know, I, so so I think it's it's as we've adapted over the pandemic, it's been healthy for us. Sure. Um, but as an extrovert, you know, where I draw my energy from other people, that that's been something that's been a hard change for me of of not having the opportunity to be around you know as many people in a conference and draw all that energy from those people yeah. but now as as things are starting to open back up as we know how to safely interact with one another um you know there's there's just this this real shift that i've seen as we've had teams coming back together in person that we have better outcomes and mm. and you know it just it really speaks to the point that, that we're we're better together yeah Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the, the key thing is the outcome. It, it goes back to the patient again. It's about the patient's outcome. And I think that's where it's got to be. That's that's what we got to look at at the end of the sure. end result. I love that for sure. You know, yeah. you know, let's talk about the team that you, you have and that you've built at SC House Calls and how that works. Yeah. You know, um, I think when when we first started, um, you know, in 2018 with with home visits it was it was kind of another service branch um another another way we could uh we could expand healthcare, and i and i think as that evolved into you know a, a large volume we put together a call center and you know we, we've certainly had some ups and downs with with a with a call center mm-hmm. we've leveraged innovation with that so you know we've got some sort of we've got a, a way of a, a an auto attendant to get patients to the person that they need to talk to the fastest which sometimes means having that patient leave a message you know about what it is they need and that person then call them back you know, I, I occasionally test our system and I'll call and I'll leave a voicemail and, you know, sometimes it'll be 12 minutes. It's been 20, it's been 27 minutes before, but I get a call back. And, um, so, so I, I think our, our team that we've put together has really been out of, not necessarily out of necessity, but, uh, but out of opportunity of where we can better serve patients um, which sometimes is unconventional, which, you know, it goes back to that, that change of the norm. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're not like other practices. Um, so, so it's a little bit for, foreign for some people to think about leaving a voicemail versus waiting on, on, the, on the line to talk to somebody. Sure. Um, so, so I think we've, we've put positions in place whether that's a, a case manager that helps with uh, the scheduling of patients or whether that's a patient care coordinator that goes and helps facilitate visits in assisted living. All of that is, is really patient-centric um, so that, that we, can, we can help deliver that care the best way possible. Even to our, our revenue management side, you know, we've, we've got um, 
we've got certified coders that are you know skilled in looking at documentation as well as you know a particular insurance company that that a patient has to know how to to code the best way to code that for that insurance and then on the other side our accounts revenue team you know oftentimes oftentimes serves as customer service when a patient calls with hey i got a question about my bill hey i want to pay on my bill um you know sometimes it's that team that's either taking that payment or helping explain what the bill means or you know having to having to work with with that person's insurance because I know people find this hard to believe, but sometimes insurance companies make mistakes. Mm. So us us being able to reach out and, and help them. So all of that can't be done by a nurse practitioner. Right. It it can't all fall on the shoulders of providers. Mm. And, you know, as as a as a healthcare executive, I know that that's part of my job. I'm not a clinician. Um, I'm a problem solver. Yeah. So so helping helping get resources uh, whether that's systems or people to to help providers deliver care efficiently, you know, is is the name of our game. And I feel like we've done a superb job at that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's you, you've got to have a good team and, and you've got to have and you got to be able to trust those people to do their job. I was watching a television show this week and it, it was about an entrepreneur um, who he had a dream of building a dog park and it was a membership dog park where people came and they actually had, you know, um, you know refreshments where people could, you know, uh, drink wine, have a beer, you know, just really enjoy themselves, have food. They had food trucks available. The dogs could play. Well, this entrepreneur, he built this park and it was highly successful. People loved it. It really built the community. And he had a dream of opening more parks in that community. And he found himself running around doing everything that he, he was doing the job of all the employees that he'd hired to do those jobs. And he was running himself ragged working. I think he said he was working around 115 hours a week. And he finally got to the point where he said, I have to start trusting my team to do their job. And he did that. Now he's opening his fifth park and, and, and it, he would have never got to the second park had he not started to trust his team. And I just think until you do that, you limit your growth, you limit your your ability um, when you don't find people that you can trust to, to build something better together. You know, Jamie, that's, that's a great point. Um, you know, we're both Simon Sinek fans, and, and mm. he, you know, says there are leaders and there are those who lead. Yeah. And 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 those those two things, you know, can be can be – one and the same and they can be mutually exclusive and learning to be a leader that that you know knowing you can do a task or job and and having to delegate it or entrust somebody to do it sometimes even as good as you um you know is is hard Mm -hmm. until you see that that person do it better than what you would have done yes and um, you know that that's I, I distinctly remember that instance for me, and um, you know, and and I think people um, who are who are asked by their leader to do something and then and then have the opportunity to do it um, creates great and great engagement. You know, yeah. I, I 
I love that opportunity to be able to say, yes, let me do that for you. Um, and then be able to complete that and go back to that person and say, okay, this is, this is what I've done. Um, you know, it, it, it does create for a trusting environment. It creates for a great team. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think you guys are on to something special you know, and, and making this culture shift. And I think it's only going to get better. And I think it's only going to be more innovative um, and continue to, to be more patient centric as you go. Absolutely. Well, as we close, Matt, let, let's, you know, let's ask the questions that we always ask. How do we respond to this information? Um, you always ask me this question, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> You'd think I'd be better prepared for it. Um, so I, I think from a response standpoint, here's what I'm going to say. I, I, I think we have to, um, I think we have to acknowledge and leverage our team with the patient. So, so that might mean as the nurse practitioner is closing up their visit, they say, you know, I'm going to have my MA Aaron, um, call you to to schedule your next appointment Mm -hmm. or they might say um you know this this is what i've done this is the plan for for this visit that that you know we've done i want you to follow it with my colleague chris who is a pharmacist who is a cardiac nurse practitioner specialist who is a wound care specialist you know whatever that specialist may be so that so that our the the person with the trust to that patient is introducing their teammate yeah and and i think i I think that makes it sticky i think that makes it um you know that that closes the loop for that patient so that it's not just a stranger calling them that they know why the stranger is calling them and and it's a part of it's a part of that sc house calls team member so um so so that would be how how we would respond yeah yeah, that's great. You know, so what do you what do you expect people to do differently? You know, with this information at their own organizations, or if maybe they're in healthcare, maybe they're at SC House Calls. You know, what do you expect them to do differently because of this information? Um. Yeah, uh, Jamie, my dad is a uh, is was in the Marine Corps and um, an entrepreneur and just a really hardworking guy that I attribute a lot of, a lot of my qualities to. But one of the things I had to break from that he taught me was if you want something done right, you should do it yourself. Yeah. Which isn't exactly how that quote went from my Marine dad, but close enough. (laughs) Um, And, and that's been a hard habit for me to break Mm. of trying to do everything myself because, you know, we've, we've coached with Lisa Yacobi for a long time who, you know, really has challenged, don't do anything anybody else can do better, faster, or cheaper, right? Sure. So so there's that mentality, but, but it's also giving people the opportunity to achieve and thrive. Um, so so not trying to do everything yourself, which, which in this case means not trying to do everything for the patient with one person. Mm. You know, it, it takes a team of us to, to deliver this care. Um, so, so, I think not necessarily differently, but maybe continue to do differently is leverage your team, 
Yeah. You know, leverage that case manager. If you're a case manager, you know, make it a goal to, um, to, to build that relationship with those patients you're on the phone with. If you're a nurse practitioner, leverage your colleagues, yeah. whether that's your MA or your case manager or your PCC or your Jerry site provider or your pharmacist that, that you work with. Um, the, you know, and, and surround this team of people and it, and it might be your regional vice president that really needs to step in and do some, um, you know, you know, do some coaching, do some, um, you know, some, some customer service sometime about, um, whether that's a, a facility or a, a patient in particular of explaining this team and, and really building the team up. So I, I would say, um, don't try and do it all yourself and yeah. really leverage your team because we're better together. Mm -hmm. And the proof is there, you know, the proof is there that it works when you do, when that patient has multiple people looking after them, they have the cardiac, they have the cherry psych, they have the, the pharmacist. When they're utilizing all those resources, they have better outcomes. The proof is there. So it may be a little uncomfortable, but man, Get in that, be comfortable being uncomfortable and, and following that and doing that because we are definitely 100%, no doubt about it, better together. I love it. We're better together. Yep, absolutely. Well, Matt, thank you so much. I love this. I love these thank you, lessons Dan. and I love love being able to discuss this. This is, this is great. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. And if you could leave us a five-star review, we would really appreciate it. Visit our podcast website at experiencinghealthcare.com. If you would like to submit a question or potential topics for the podcast, send us an email at jmpreston at ltchs.com. You can also subscribe to one of our other podcasts in our podcast network, the LTC University Podcast, the Disrupted Podcast with Scott Middleton, and the Thriving Practitioner Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Have a great week.